And we welcome you back inside the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comente here with you. It's been a couple days. Jill Adge alongside me, the incomparable and all-knowing. I'm doing this in a different order than I normally do, and I just threw myself off. But we're back. Sam and Jill, we're here on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, talk some Kings. Sadly, this is starting to pile up, having to talk about this team. That is, Jill, going straight for a potential top five pick. If they lose tonight against the Thunder, who are just behind them in the standings, they're tied for fourth overall pick. So this is where we're at now. We're looking at draft seating because the team has lost three straight. They've lost seven of their last nine. They really don't like to play the Memphis Grizzlies, who just beat the shit out of them every time they play. Uh, the Grizzlies don't even take the Kings seriously, it seems. They're, they're a JV team to, to Memphis. And they're on pace for 30 wins, which, you know, in the past 15 years, how many times have the Kings finished in some range of 30 wins? It's every year, right? They haven't finished above 40 wins since they last made the playoffs. So we're at the status quo. The unfortunate problem is, fortunate thing is, the status quo is dog shit. So we're in the midst of all the dog shit, Jill. <laughs> what do we want to talk about? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What do we even say anymore that hasn't been said at this point? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is, they're in the midst of it all. And then you also are now throwing in what three, four players that are completely out of game shape and yeah. go have fun guys. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with your hopes and dreams. And Jeez. that's the thing. Like we need those guys to be perfect to win, but they're not going to be perfect coming off of you know two a, a week and a half two weeks of of misplay like it's just not gonna happen and you're going against good teams and so it just sucks I, you know and and outside of that you still see the same mistakes over and over you know what i mean like th- the talk is hollow of oh we need to do the little things and blah 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 like okay we've known that for years. (laughs) You've known that for years and it's not changing. So why am I ever to believe that you're somehow going to figure out how to do the little things? And then you have a coach now saying (laughs) that this is the worst thing he's experienced Yeah, in 30 something years of coaching. And he's been around gentry. Me, I would be completely embarrassed as a player. If I had a coach saying that, I mean, I'd be embarrassed by my play and then I'd be embarrassed having that thrown on top of me, like all this team ever is, is, is made fun of. Is an embarrassment. Like. And, and and from a player's perspective, yeah, they're getting paid, but they also can't wait to get the hell out because they won't get that narrative somewhere else. It's, Oh, you were on the King. So, you know, that's, it's understandable. (laughs) We can save you. (laughs) Yeah. You're not actually that tarnished you just need to get the hell out of sacramento and get away from vivek ranadive and whoever else is you know puppeteering behind the scenes because if people think that fox is gonna go be trash somewhere that's absolutely not the case no no and buddy (laughs) he'll probably will all of a sudden rediscover himself if he goes to a better situation where he's not asked to do anything but shoot which is what the kings are kind of telling him to do now but with all the dire circumstances with losing all these players he's obviously needed to in his mind, it seems he's needed to do more. And that hasn't really worked. Well, when you're on a bad game. team, like we need you to do everything. Yeah. Yep. We're not good enough to just have 
people be really good at one thing and not, you know, anything else. And so what's makes this even more depressing is when you look at the standings, which you shouldn't, if you're a Kings fan, uh, no need to, you know, where they are, they're not in the playoffs or the play in currently, but the teams around them in the play in, like on the outside of the play in, or just inside, they're all teams that no one thought would be involved, you know, like, except for Portland, who's gone through some hell with Chauncey Billups taking over and some drama of their own. But OKC was not supposed to be competitive. They've won a couple big games this year. They have a lot of good young talent. Pelicans were kind of supposed to be competitive, but then they had, you know, Zion's not playing. They had some injuries. They have a new coach. No one really expected them to be, you know, setting the NBA afire. Houston's totally rebuilding. San Antonio's rebuilding. So, like, these guys were supposed to not be good. But then you put the Kings in this mix. They were supposed to at least be competitive and they aren't even resembling a competitive team right now. And really for most of the season, except for, you know, one or two little three game stretches where they played well, they've, they've been, they've been fucking terrible and it's, it's not worth our time to watch. We've said this, but it's not worth our time to watch. It's really not even worth our time to even discuss it. What's there to discuss? You're talking about, you know, same terrible thing basketball. over and over. Right. Yeah. And the same thing over and over. It's a, uh, it gets old, you know, it, it, it definitely gets old that I'm, I'm looking at the, the tankathon webpage or the simulator for the lottery in December before the start of the new year, when we have four more months of basketball, I'm already looking at that because that's more realistic for this team than even the, po- or the plan, which you have to be just the 10th seed, Jill, to make the plan. It shouldn't be that hard, right? You don't have to be good. You don't even have to be good. <laughs> you do not even have to be good, but they're not good. So and I think think this year, this year shows like it epitomizes, you know, everything that's going on. They're what three games outside of one of the worst records. And then like three games outside of the play in like it's in a weird path. So in, in, in addition to the COVID stuff, um, I think that's one of the reasons you're not really seeing trade chatter. Um, There's a lot of talk of that G league showcase and Vegas being kind of like uh, what baseball does, you know, that how they have their, their winter meetings and you were going to have all the talking between GMs and there because they were going to be watching the showcase and then all the executives were going to be there. And then you, you know, you would have the talks. Well, it turned into you can't go and then we're going to have to sign every G League player um, to to help you in the league. And so trains aren't happening when you have guys out in protocols who can't one travel to the team they're being traded to two can't go in and do a physical to, you know, complete the trade like it's with the rotation of guys in and out of protocols. I think to me, I think that has seriously slowed down. Um some some of the talks and the chatter just because you you can't complete deals like if if players are out like you physically can't complete them they cannot come fly to you and get a physical and complete the deal itself um and so like how that you know keeps going i don't know um and then you're getting you know all these other you're probably going to want to see guys come back from COVID. You know what I mean? Like realistically, how do, how did they, how did their body handle it? Like you've seen some guys come back and have 
some difficulties, right? Um, you even have Bagley who's saying that it didn't hit him all that hard, but he's still having a hard time catching his breath. And whether that's getting back into game shape or something else, I mean, time will tell. Like you just, you don't know with this stuff. And so I think you're seeing a lot of things slowed down. And then in addition to our record of not completely being out of it, like if in their warped mindset, if they somehow think that standing the status quo and not being able to trade people that they still have a shot because they're only, you know, three games out of the play in at this point, like you're not going to see blowups. And so it's kind of detrimental to things that we think need fixing <laughs> because there's still a chance, <laughs> which is crazy with, with how bad they've been, but it's there. Yeah. You would hope, it's a hope that kills us. You would hope that Monty McNair, Vivek, Everyone on the coaching staff by this point realizes, okay, these guys are not going to do anything for us. This group, as it is, you would hope that regardless of the fact, Jill, that as you said, they are still within reach of the plane and even really the eighth seed, that that wouldn't matter because the roster hasn't shown the ability to like get that type of respect or that type of like, you can do this. Because like, they haven't. Yeah. It's an... for everyone that's wondering why haven't why hasn't Monty McNair begun making trades, I think Jill hit it right on the head. You really can't do anything like that right now with everything that's going on with COVID. In truth, the NBA is almost at a pause, and it's just the games that keep going. But everything else behind the scenes, all the management things, they've had to kind of scream that to a halt because they that's how they're going to keep the games going. You know, it's like that's what gets put back for the games to go forward. And some executives, I'm sure you saw the report, Jill, that were, I think the word was like exacerbated or something like that. We're just shocked that Adam Silver hasn't paused the league. That was, yeah. I mean, at this point, they're just trying to field enough players to, to play, right. right? Like, and to sign guys like that day. I mean, look at OKC right now. They just had another player go down with their coach and like three or four other players. So, I mean, they're probably going to have to sign another hardship guy. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. And it's not just you, the NBA. You could have people spending more time trying to be signing G League guys and actually, you know, doing the normal, yeah. um, you know, trade process stuff. But with the way this yeah, is going. It just sucks. It sucks. And honestly, like for as much as we bash guys, like teams around the league see the same things we see. And watch the mm-hmm. same stuff, you know, we what we watch. And right now the Kings are at the point where they're the ones trying to offload. It's not necessarily, at least from what we heard, it's not people calling and saying, I want these players, right? Yeah. X and X and X, like the Lakers did. It's not like the Kings trying to pawn off. And so that puts them at a disadvantage. As we've said, <clears throat> at some point, addition by subtraction, we think. Whether that's the case or not, we don't know until we see it. But it sucks when we have no idea what kind of deals are being thrown around or not thrown around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we uh, we aren't hearing that anyone is interested in our trash, just that we're trying to get rid of our trash. Cool. That's that's a lot of teams, you know, a lot of play, a lot of teams like the Cavaliers for years before this year when they're now good. 
they were trying to get rid of Kevin Love because they didn't want that guy on this young team with all that money. They wanted to get him out. But no other team wanted Kevin Love. Why would we want this old veteran that doesn't stay healthy that costs a ton of money? Like, that's not, we don't, we have no interest in that. I mean, Vlade Divac actually did. There was always rumors that he was trying to get Kevin Love, uh, which was just so peak Vlade. Like, oh, another big man? Say it ain't so. Like, I would love that guy. But yeah, you, you, you kind of show your hand, if you will, Jill, when you're trying this hard to get rid of guys like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. You're telling everyone else, yeah, I, I don't know what their value is. They don't have a whole lot of value. I don't value them. And this team is 13 and 21. They're terrible. And I don't want this guy. So what does that say about that person? It says really, it says nothing but bad things. And Buddy Heald isn't going out there and helping his case. Marvin Bagley hasn't been able to play. And it's Yeah, and I think there are certain players that they've kind of made it clear they're just waiting for their ticket out of town. They're coming here, yes. going through the motions. They're not trying to f- fix any kind of team issues. It's I'm here. I'm putting up my numbers. I'm ready for my ticket out. Yeah. Yeah. Please just get me out of here for the love of God, which isn't that all of us as fans at this point, like, can we just get out of here? <laughs> Take me anywhere else. I want to reference two gentry quotes, which everyone's talked about gentry's postgame presser presser now from Sunday when the Kings lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, 127 to 102. That score is pretty much the exact same score of the previous two matchups between the Kings and Grizzlies. It's like, I don't remember them exactly, but it was Grizzlies 125, Kings 100, Grizzlies 126, Kings 101. Like it's the same score every game. They lose by 20 some points. That's what happens when they play Memphis this season, it seems. So Gentry came and lit a fire on them, um, really just threw the whole team under the bus, rightfully so. They don't deserve to be in the bus, throw them under the bus. And he said two things that stuck out to me amongst everything, which big one was, quote, they basically toyed with us and we're not that team. We're not a team that should come in here. We're not a team that people should come in here and be able to toy with. But right now they're being toyed with every game, home or away, doesn't matter. They're the, they're, you know, gum on the bottom of the shoe. People are just scraping you off and getting on with their day. Like they, they, they don't take you seriously. Why would they? And then the, the big one that I, you know, I think would hope, I would hope again, hoping for no reason would resonate with the players, Jill. At some point there has to be a sense of pride, individual pride. It can't be on the coach. It can't be on the gym. It can't be on the secretaries. A nice little throw in there, giving love to the secretaries. It's gotta be on you. You have to go out and compete and do it yourself. This team has a competition problem. They don't want to play. They're beaten down, and I don't necessarily blame them even for that because for guys like Darren Fox, all they've ever done since they've been here is lose. All Buddy Heald has done in his career is lose. You know, at some point, all the losing you would think would get to you. And it would seem with this core group of guys, it's efficiently gotten to them. Even Harrison Barnes and Tristan Thompson, who have won championships, it's gotten to them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, and now that and a guy from Fox's perspective who was offered the money because he earned it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's let's not act like he didn't earn it. Um, and now he's getting the brunt of the you're the paid player, and now it's now it's all your fault whether you have legitimate talent, good coach, anything around you, like it's, it's your fault. 
I mean, yeah. we we talk about how this place needs to make roster changes all the time, but yet completely blame people that clearly don't work together. Like, so again, it is what it is. Like, I don't expect them to change after three years. Like, so it, it is what it is. We can keep blaming stuff, um, but we know what we're going to get. Yeah. And and at some point from Fox's perspective, like he came in like DeMarcus. I'm going to be the guy that's going to change this place around. I want to be here. I want to change it. Um, and now you're getting all the hate because you're the highest paid player. Um, but this is my thing. Say you send him away and you don't fix anything. Halliburton's just going to be the next guy, the next guy that gets paid and then gets all the hate. Like you can keep changing the focal point, but until you change everything around the focal point, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Get to the root of the problem. Don't just blame one person and think that changes everything. Yeah. No no one person is good enough to to change (laughs) what's going on here. Yeah. Um, let alone, disease. you know, in, in a, a good West, a normally good West Western mm-hmm. conference. And I think this is kind of what's frustrating too, is it's we're seeing a not good Western conference because of injuries and COVID and everything like going on. They've actually had opportunities just to be an average team and they can never figure out how to be an average team. It's yeah. always something. Always something. They couldn't be, they played 34 games. You couldn't be like 16 and 18. 17 and 17 would obviously be average. You couldn't just be middle. Because that record like that, 17 and 17, you're, uh, I think you're ahead of the Lakers who are now under 500, if I'm not mistaken. You're in a good spot and you're not doing anything crazy. You're just being there. You know, you're just being mediocre. But this team literally can't grasp mediocre. Think about that. Actually, don't think about that. It'll ruin your day. They can't grasp mediocre when they're just trying to be mediocre. I think that's the thing, too. It's not even like, oh, we're rebuilding, so we shouldn't even be there. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we keep saying we're going to be that 8 to 10, and we can't even be mediocre to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, That that makes it worse. It does. It does. (laughs) There's always always some way in which it becomes worse with this team. (laughs) But did you think about it from this way? And then you're like, wow. It just got worse. I mean, because you can see like what the Rockets completely blew everything up and at least they can see some hope. Mm-hmm. But I also stand understand it's a lot easier to trade a James Harden and get a shit ton back. So, you know, they didn't even get like, that much. Honestly, the, the Fox is the best thing you're going to get back. I mean, it's yeah. the best thing at this point that you're going to give. So to me, if you're sending him out, you better be getting a guarantee back because yeah. otherwise you're again. Lateral at, or step back. at ground one. So, um, I but will say- my biggest thing is just clearing off. I, I would be perfectly happy keeping Fox and Halliburton and clearing out the other big money yeah. um, that's, that's clogging this place up. Because again, you can't even take on contracts for assets, which is what a lot of bad teams do. They don't have a high payroll, so they can take on bad things to get additional assets that they can maybe use, you know, some different ways. Whether you end up drafting, whether you end up packaging and trades, you know, you know, different things. But it's right now they're holding on to that money because there might be some unicorn big trade out there that they need that money to be used for in that big trade thing. 
But the thing is, if that big trade unicorn doesn't appear, then you failed, right? Because you did nothing and nothing improved. Like we always made, you know, Danny Ainge, right? I, I mean, for as good as he was with the Celtics, that was his big handicap was I have all these assets. I can get that big fit, you know, that, that big deal. I'm always going to hold out. It was always the almost trades, right? Never the trades that actually went through. He had a lot more talent, like, you know, kudos to him. So they were good, but with the Kings, they're constantly waiting for this big deals that we haven't seen materialized. And so at some point it's going to get money because you're not doing anything because you're waiting for this big one that everyone else is going for as well. Yeah. Um, Put all your eggs in one basket. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the next couple months play out that if he pivots at all, um, away from, you know, the unicorn, uh, deal ever materializing because at some point that'll end up being his downfall is the inactivity. Right. Right. If you break down the King's current roster in in terms of like who has like legitimate trade value, you have, in my opinion, four to five guys that actually could get you something good in return. De'Aaron Fox, who you may not want to trade Tyrese Halliburton, who they, I don't think want to trade Rashawn Holmes, who just signed an extension hasn't really played this year's, a ton because of dealing with the eye and COVID. Actually, I don't even know if he got COVID, but just the eye. He's always dealing with some, some eye injury, unfortunately. Now he's got the goggles. Uh, Harrison Barnes, who I think will be the first one. I still believe he's the first one to get traded eventually because uh, he's a 3 and D defensive wing who's championship pedigree. There's a lot of value in that, especially for a team that needs he's size an, on the he'll wing. He'll be fine wherever he goes. He like, will be. He'll be fine. I would love him in Cleveland because um, they could use a – a good wing player, legitimate wing player, not like Markinen, who's been trying to play the three. He would be a great fit. And then uh, Davion Mitchell, who's a rookie, who you don't really know how exactly how good he's going to be. But he's got value because he's a rookie and sometimes the unknown. And he's, he's on a good contract. so Better. Yeah. And he's on a rookie contract. You put everyone else after those five guys, so the remaining 10 dudes. And then obviously you have two guys on two ways. But the 10 guys left, so Buddy, Bagley, uh, Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, Mo Harkless, nothing. Terrence I don't Davis. know what Terrence Davis. There's no value there. There's a second Ramsey, round pick. Woodard, Jones, right? Metu. Jones actually might yeah. have some decent value the way he's been playing, but I would hope the Kings would want to keep him because um, he but doesn't at cost that point, You're paying a million dollars. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, what's the what's the hurt? Yeah. Terrence Davis got acquired for a second round pick. If you're going to trade Terrence Davis again, he's probably going to be worth a second round pick. That's all. That's his value. But he healed because of his contract and the way he's playing. Not much. Uh, a role player in a second round pick. Marvin Bagley. Maybe, maybe a team in the back end of the lottery wants to buy on his potential and give you their first round pick, which is 27th overall. So not even that great. Yeah, they, they don't have a, a guy going out there like Cam Reddish, right? Who's putting on a show give right us now Cam with, Reddish. Yes. With, with COVID going out, them saying they don't want to pay him because they're already paying so many other guys. They want a first round pick for the guy. The guy's going out there and his last, what, five games, he's averaging like 20 something points over 40 from three, over 40 from the field. Yeah. Um, but they don't have like a third year player who's going out and doing that on a nightly basis. Like no. this team doesn't have that. Not like close. though, when you miss in the draft, like these are the kinds of assets that you could be shopping out there. Like 
if you were a good team, you could be shopping out there, right? Like, so good teams like Memphis, Atlanta and all that, they actually have some young assets that they can pair with draft picks. The Kings have their last two draft picks, which Monty probably doesn't want to get rid of because those are what he has to hold on to that he's done here um, to, to trade off. Otherwise, he's, he's trying to trade off the old regime's players, which from what we've heard has been, you know, available the last three years. Right. And Cam Reddish is 22 years old. He was, you know, one of those guys kind of raw coming out. He was a good collegiate player at Duke. Hadn't really got a chance because they had a lot of guys playing ahead of him last year. He definitely got pushed down with Bogdanovich coming in and uh, he would, whoever gets him and decides, okay, we're going to play you actually legitimately 20 something minutes every game. They're going to love what they see. Just like Atlanta. If they were willing they to take on like Harrison Burns money, which we know they don't want money. Right. Exactly. And because we there's also been talks of Gallo being available there um, with his injury, you know, history and what's mm-hmm. owed to him. I mean, Oh yeah. If you could get them to bite on something like that, I would take that in a heartbeat, but um, they're an interesting team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they've been underperforming as well, but they've yeah. also had a lot of injuries in COVID. So, right. I mean, like any team, it it's. You, you look at their team because you, 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 Atlanta, they don't have like, I don't know what when they're fully healthy and COVID's not, you know, ravaging them like it's doing everybody else. What do they really need? You know, they don't need a power forward. They don't need a, they, they don't need Marvin Bagley. They don't need Rashawn Holmes. They don't want Harrison Barnes contract. They, I guess they could use a two guard, but like, you're not going to trade, you know, it's not going to be like, that's why they were asking for picks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Davion Mitchell might be one that they'd be like, okay, we'll take Davion as Trey's backup for the next couple of years. Sure. We'd love that. They also have DeLon Wright, former King who was traded to make room for Davion Mitchell, which is if they made that trade with the Hawks, that would be an incredible irony, but yeah, you know, Atlanta doesn't want what we have to give up Cam Reddish, even though they don't want Cam Reddish. Minus, Minus a pick. pick. And I mean, you're not giving up your first pick, round they'll pick. They'll take it, yeah. You're not giving up your first round pick unless it's top 10 protected, which I don't know if Atlanta takes that deal then. Right. Because the Kings are destined for a top 10 pick right now. Like, very, very certainly. Like, there's not many questions about it at the moment. So, yeah, there, there's one guy, though. Great example. Seriously, great example. Uh, and they're, they're not even a team that's trying to rebuild. You know, they're not a team that's trying to sell off assets. But now they have a guy, of course, that they're like, oh, well, you know, we can use him. This team, yeah, again, just going in loops, repeating it. But what do we have, Jill? I mean, that's the thing, right? It's Nothing. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, and we don't really want to trade either one of those guys. I don't care about De'Aaron Fox. I've said this in the past. I'm even more into it now after watching Halliburton run the show by himself. I, I You could trade every single person on this roster other than Tyrese Halliburton, and I would not care. I don't really care about Rashawn Holmes yeah. as much as I love the guy, but, they, you know, there's proof that, you can get a good value at a center for not much. You know, that's what we've had with Damian Jones. So we have with Alex Lane when he plays like it's, it's not a vital position in today's NBA. So get rid of all of them and keep Tyrese. I don't, I don't care. Like that wouldn't bother me, but that's just me being beaten down by this point, beaten down and sad. But uh, with COVID with Omicron, I wouldn't be shocked if, it's really until, you know, as we get close to that February, I think it's February, oh crap, February 7th, 8th. It's like the first week of February that the trade deadline is. It, it's looking like we'll get close to that date before we actually start seeing significant trades. 
just because they, they can't do it now. They won't be able to do it probably the first couple of weeks of 2022. It's going to get towards that first week of February before we start seeing people move. Right now, it's all about the G League guys, which Emmanuel Moutier hasn't really played much or done anything. And then I don't think Murky's even gotten in the game. Did he get in the game against Memphis? I didn't watch the Memphis game. I think he played for, I don't know, like two minutes, maybe. <laughs> the end of the bench played for a couple minutes at the end. Right. Which is silly. I, I, um, I'm heating that. Play the bench, guys. You, Gentry keeps yeah, saying, like I'm going to. Woodard, gonna f- King, and right. some other. Gentry keeps saying, I'm going to find guys that want to play, and then keeps playing the same guy. It's like, okay, do you actually mean that? Like, I, I, at this point. But, but this is my. And like, realistically, like, we all say that. But what, also, when you're trying to still yeah. get value to trade guys, like throwing them on the bench and making a mockery of them, like, what does that do? I know for us, we want to see it as fans because we're sick of it. Right. But like in the grand scheme, you're just going to get made fun of. It, no, the story isn't going to be, oh, the Kings held their players accountable. It's going to be the Kings are the laughing stock on, you know, whatever NBA show because they had to sit $100 million on the bench because yeah. no one's playing. True. Like that's going to be how it's how it's perceived. It's not that the Kings are actually holding players accountable for playing bad. It's no, you caused it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. No one's going to, no one's going to blame where the players. It's a shitty situation here. And why most of us think at this point, it can't be resolved. Yeah. Um, and so the longer this goes on, the shittier it is. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, we all want, we all want to change, but we also know there's reasons why things aren't changing mm. right now. And I think that might be the most frustrating thing. <laughs> it still wouldn't hurt to spice things up a little bit. Like the, I don't want to see the starting lineup of Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, Metu, and Holmes. I don't want to see that. I know that realistically is your best five. It hasn't played like it. Okay. So well, stop doing realistically that. though, out of all the minutes that have played together, Harkless at the forward, that was your best lineup. Yeah. And for some it reason, wasn't, it wasn't flashy, but like that, but like, if you go, if you go by numbers, like that is still the most played lineup out of all our craziness and still had the best ratings. <laughs> like, right. Um, at some point, yeah. It, and that's also while this place continues to be what it is because we're focusing on our end of bench players to save something again. <laughs> we, you know, we, we have so much, I think it was a result of, Vlade always getting so many second round picks that we just began to have this affirmation and like this belief that the second round picks are what would save us. And then Isaiah Thomas, of course, being, you know, the second round pick. That- I think it was because we always missed our lottery picks it that also, we yeah, couldn't rely also- on anybody, but <laughs> end of bench to save anything. It's scarred with the first round picks. No one stayed in the league. Them. Like yeah. no one's to like, so you've always needed like your end of guys to, to save you. And that should never happen No, when you've spent 15 years in the lottery. No, they're not learning their lesson ever. And uh, I saw someone tweet yesterday, you know, cause someone had said um, this is like the least competitive King squad that they can remember following. And then someone commented under that and goes, I- I'm, I really, really am missing those Isaiah Thomas, Rudy Gay, Marcus Thornton, DeMarcus years like there were still 32 win teams they were fun we always believed in that beginning because they'd always start kind of hot and the fizzle You'd have out. DeMarcus putting up a 50 50 point game yeah and then <laughs> cussing out in an interview with Katie Christensen which I think was just the fifth year anniversary of that yeah I mean it, if you suck it sucks but if you're at least entertaining along the way people will like keep interested you know 
you're you're not only sucking, but you're so bad. You're just getting blown out. Yeah. yeah you're actually excelling at sucking. Nobody wants to even talk about it. <laughs> I'm in pain right now talking about this. I think I'm going to give myself a headache. How bad it is, is that people are even talking about the on court, how bad it is. Now it's smiles and how are they in locker rooms and how are they outside of everything other than the actual basketball court itself? Oh, I I'm going to need a guy to smile. That's going to save the season. I mean, not smile after a game because that's somehow going to fix everything. Like, I mean, that's what my timeline is like after a game. It's nothing about what actually happened on the court. It's, oh, this guy's attitude here or this guy's here. Like, it's this, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Everything about it is ridiculous. That's, uh, no one wants to even talk about the court anymore, (laughs) that it's everything else. No. Because we've said everything you can possibly say at this point. And uh, Doug Christie, in in his four games that he coached, two and two, uh, I I had fun watching that. And they didn't, you know, the two games they lost were not good games. They got handled. But I don't know why. I think it was just because of Doug Christie. But, like, I cared. You know, I I tuned in. And I was a little sad to see these guys come out of protocol. I'm glad they're okay and I'm glad they're healthy. But I was even – I was a little bummed, Jill to see that all these guys are coming back. Cause it's like, okay, now I got to go back to watching the dudes. I know don't give a fuck and I know won't win us games. Come back and play. At least with that group of nobodies that was playing there for a couple games, games, eight guys. We don't, we didn't know. We have never seen those guys have to play a significant amount of minutes. So they're in lied, like a sense of hope <laughs> again, you know, like, well, we don't know what this is. The, the we don't know what will happen here. And it was intrigue, sure. if you will. Sure. Now it's like, oh, we're back to the guys that I know won't do shit. Okay, don't care. I'm going to go watch anything else. I'm going to go do anything else. I don't know, trying else. to play back into anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not buying me back in. I've lost interest. And without Christy yelling at him uh, and, you know, coaching so vocally. He still was standing from the side. <laughs> true. He'll never sit he down. He actually did. Um, I think. Yeah. I think Matt George tweeted that at this point, and like I think it was Christy's second game coaching. He's like, at this point, they should just sell off that seat to a fan because Christie's not going to use it. Uh, <laughs> talking about his bench seat because, yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's up and moving. But uh, prayers to Alvin Gentry. Yeah, and, well, you know, and now I feel bad, bad that the him. players, like, apparently yesterday, Halliburton got asked about, like, would you rather play for, like, Christie or Gentry? Like, oh, like yeah. stop it. Like, see, like, come on. Yeah. That, like, that, that is them. not the question to ask for kids. Like, really? Kids in his second year. He's trying to figure isn't out. isn't about them. He's still trying to right. figure out who he is as an NBA player. Yeah. And it just reminds me of the, the um, Mike Ballone firing year where it was like that carousel and like everyone's just pissed and n- there was no changing. There was no coming back. You know, there was no fixing. And now you're getting that not because of necessarily firings, but because of firings and COVID and you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm you're getting the carousel for other reasons. In addition to the, the letting the coach go at the beginning. Um, so it's just always, always the same shit play back. is just, yeah. Regardless Which, of how it happens, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And when you win, which we haven't done, we don't know what that's like, but when you win there, you don't hear these things. You don't hear problems. Even if there are problems, no one pays attention to them because you're winning. So no one cares. But right. when you lose, like the Kings have lost, there's always a problem. And we're always talking about it. 
And it is just this repetition, repeat cycle that is miserable. It just adds another. Yeah, well, and on other teams, you like, it's funny, at least on Twitter, like hearing other teams, reporters or fans talking about, oh, how they're pissed because they're at 500. Well, it's like, no, we're pissed because we can't even get to 500. Yeah, <laughs> like, not even close. At least, at least you're doing stuff wrong, but still at 500, right? Right. You know, or above it, like we're, we're not still just trying not to drown. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we, yeah, we just barely know how to swim, but it's not much. We have not much going for us. You know, we're about to sink. Yeah. Well, the Kings play tonight against the Thunder, a battle of two heavyweights in the Western Conference. Uh, Thunder are actually a fun team. They have got a lot of good young talent. Uh, Josh Giddy will not be playing, unfortunately, the Australian uh, rookie who's, you know, a modern day Jay Will. Uh, he's in COVID protocol now, and I, they might have other guys out. I'm sure they do. I, I didn't Baisley's really out. Favors Baisley's is out. out. Oh, I like Baisley. Um, there's a couple others. Yeah. So they'll be shorthanded, um, but they still have a you know, team that plays with fight and heart because they're all young guys on rookie deals. Uh, and then they play again tomorrow against Dallas, and then they play Friday against Dallas on New Year's Eve, the weird home back-to-back against the same opponent. And then Sunday against the Heat, that's their last home game before they head back out to the road uh, after the new year. So – you got four more games at home to try and find some sort of rhythm um, or just pride, I guess, at this point. And uh, we'll do a podcast again tomorrow, guys. We uh, we aren't doing one Friday for New Year's Eve. That's on me. Uh, nothing to do. Jill, would, I'm sure, want to do it, but I'm, I'm traveling, so I will not uh, be able to do it. But we'll touch on, you know, the game tonight and then preview a little bit of Dallas tomorrow and just do a nice little back-to-back, kind of like what the Kings are doing, a back-to-back. Uh I, yeah, just, if they lose tonight, it could get ugly. It could get ugly. It could be the shortest I mean, and episode OKC ever. OKC just had to sign three 10-day contracts. Today. So they're hurting. Yeah. They're yeah, hurting. And so if we come out and put up, um, yeah. It's, I mean, you just know it's going to happen. But you know, you just, it's, you know, yeah. Um, you so, always think there can't be another low and they find a way, so. What was the thing we said? that we, We've said something similar to that early in our episodes something like oh yeah just when you think it can't get worse it always can just remember it can always get worse and that is you know get that tattooed on you if you're a king's fan it can always get worse and this is this is an exhibit 374 so that's going to do it for us on this tuesday episode uh guys for the love of god don't watch the game unless you're just you have nothing going on you're just cooking dinner and you want to put it on as background noise Go do something else, man. You know, don't let this uh, don't let this team suck you in anymore because it's not worth it. It is just not worth it. But we'll be back to talk about it if you want to join us tomorrow. Other than that, have a great rest of your day. And Slater, dude. Oh, yeah. Also, hope everyone had a great Christmas. I got to throw that in there. Now Slater does.